0: Good morning. Oh man, guys! I know I said this last week, but spring—it's—it's really almost here, and—and I'm super, super excited for it. Anybody else? Anybody else? Are—are there any weirdos here that that want more winter? I'm—I'm sorry. Who is that? Oh wow! We're gonna have to have a little chat after. Um, No, listen. I—I love skiing. but I, but I really hate winter, so I'm, I'm conflicted, too. It's okay. It's okay. But good morning, you guys. Um, I love it that we are a church that isn't afraid to ask questions and, and answer them. And uh, Jesus said that the most important thing is for us to, to love God with everything in us, heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then to love our neighbor as ourself. And um, this series, it's called The Reset. And we're looking at each of these different areas, and right now we're talking about the mind. Last week we talked about how to even sort of orient our minds uh, to um, enable them to, to love God. And uh, to do that, you have to repent. It means to have a change of mind. So God is very, very interested in our minds. But if you're like, like every other person around, then sometimes you have a hard time with your mind. Who here kind of has a challenge with their mind? Sometimes you think about things that you know you're not supposed to, and you're like, so what do I do with that? So Pastor Steve's going to come out right now, and he's going to talk about the battlefield of the mind and how we can have some victory in that. So are you ready for a little bit of victory today? Give Steve a warm welcome.
1: (laughs) Uh, Okay, as uh, Pastor Neil just said, we are um, continuing this morning on in our series for really 2019 that we're calling uh, The Reset. Uh, which is all about getting us uh, focused once again and, uh, on the foundation and essence of our faith and our, and our walk with Jesus uh, uh, that we find in the, the great commandment that Neil said, to love God with our all, to love others, and, and then to, uh, to walk that out in our mission that we find in the great commission to, to go into all the world to make disciples, to share the gospel, to share the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone and anyone. And, and, and that's really where we're focused for the year. Uh, that's what we're after that's uh what we're what we're getting into and we're looking specifically now at, at loving God with our all we've already talked about loving God with our heart and, and so now we're focused on loving God with all of our mind and as Neil said I want to just share with you a message this morning uh about uh, that I'm calling winning the battle for your mind winning the battle for your mind okay anybody excited about God's word this morning yeah Let me ask you, is anybody anybody here and you're just like, man, I really need God to speak to me today? Yeah? Like, you're just like, I need to hear from God from my life. Okay. Good news, God wants to speak to you. Okay? So that's the good news for everyone this morning. If you could, stand with me. I want to just pray for us um, as we get into the word, and I want to invite you to pray. I I I like us to be reminded that... I don't know if you have this experience, but sometimes you show up to church, right? Or, or if you've been a part of church for a long time, and, and it almost seems like, like you've got professional ministers, right? Like, uh, like that person's a professional prayer, right? Like God really listens to them. And it's like, look, God listens to you as much as he listens to me, okay? And, and so, so I want to invite the Lord to speak, but I want to invite you and encourage you to invite the Lord to speak to you, okay? God wants to hear from you. So let's pray, and let's just invite the Lord uh, into our time. Father, thanks for this morning. God, thank you for the time that we have right now. God, this time that you have given to us. God, I thank you that it's not a mistake that we're here. There's not one person in this room, God, that you didn't know would be here this morning. God, that you didn't plan on being here this morning. God, because you have something to say to every single one of us. God, I thank you this morning for your word. God, I thank you that your word is true. I thank you that your word is living and active. God, I thank you that your word never returns empty or void. But God, that your word always accomplishes its purpose. Father, I ask this morning as we open up your word, Lord, that you would speak, God, that you would minister to every single heart in this room, God, that every single one of us would have ears to hear from you today, and that every single heart in this place would be open to receive of you, God. We need to hear your word and your voice today. So would you just take a minute right where you are and just invite the Lord and just ask him, just say, God, would you speak to me this morning? Just invite the Lord, tell him, God, I want to hear from you today. God, I need to hear from you today. God, I'm listening for you today. Lord, would you come? Would you speak? God, would you plant your word in our heart? God, and may that word produce a good fruit in us for your name and for your glory. It's the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. So we're talking about loving God with all of our mind and if you remember when we first started talking uh, about the mind i shared with you uh, how your mind is is really one of the greatest gifts that god has given to you and is essential for your life in and walk with god because your thoughts are actually shaping your life you remember this okay proverbs 4:23 it says be careful right how you think why because your life it says are is shaped by your thoughts. Every action that you take first begins with a thought that you have. You, you may not always do what you think, but you never do what you don't first think, right? Okay, so, so our thoughts matter, our thoughts are directing, our thoughts are determining our lives, and they're shaping uh, how we see God, they're shaping how we see ourselves, they're shaping how we see other people, they're shaping how we see the world around us. Everything is being filtered through our mind. And so scripture says to us, listen, be careful how you think. Be careful how you think. Because whatever you are giving your mind to, you are essentially giving your life to. Or another way of saying that is whatever has your mind has you. So last week, Pastor Neil talked about the renewing of the mind, right? And he talked about repentance, which which literally means to change your mind, right? Because changing your mind changes your life. Ultimately, not just your life, right? But, but that change of mind it can change your eternal destination. It's, it's in the mind where we believe upon who Jesus is and what he's done and so our mind is what moves us into Salvation. What this also means, then, if you remember, is that that our mind is a is a battleground. It is the place where where the battle takes place for, uh, against sin and against the work of our enemy Satan. Uh, that's where it happens. If you remember, the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter seven, uh, verses twenty two and twenty three, he says, "Listen, I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind." Right. He's like, look, I love God, I love God's word, I love what God says, but there is this war that is happening in my mind. There's a war that's taking place. And this power, he says, makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. The the, the real battle for your life is in your brain. It's our mind that is the battleground. It's the place where the enemy is working against us. A lot of times we think that the battle of our life is happening somewhere out here. It's that person, it's that circumstance, it's that situation, it's whatever it is. But, but, but what God's word tells us is that the real battle that we fight is right here. That, that's where the enemy is coming because, because that's the enemy's weapon, lies, right? The, the Bible says that Satan is the father of lies. The weapon that the enemy has against your life is lies. And the enemy knows that if he can direct your thoughts, he can direct your life. So it's imperative for us then to learn how to guard and how to, how to strengthen and how to renew our mind, how to engage in this battle that is taking place here in our thoughts. And so this is where we're going today. And, and, and to get at this, I, I want us to look together at, at something the Apostle Paul wrote to us, something he wrote to the church. If you have your Bible, then you can open it to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, that's where we will be. And uh, this is the Apostle Paul. He is uh, speaking um, to the church. And, and Paul's a good one for us to look at because Paul is, is someone who himself very much experienced and, and shares with us the battle that, that he had in his own mind. Okay, And, and, and Paul is someone who learned to sort of master his thoughts. But the good news for us today is that he wasn't always there. Right? Paul battled. Paul said things like, listen, uh, the things that I want to do, I don't do them. Uh, and the things that I, that, that I don't want to do, I end up doing. Anybody been there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, all of us can relate to that on some level. But Paul battled and, and Paul took ground and eventually he learned to master his thoughts. So much so that, that, that even when, when everything in Paul's life seemed to be stacked against him, he's sitting in a Roman prison and even life itself was uncertain, he, he's proclaiming the goodness of God. He, he's declaring how good God is because he learned to capture the thoughts in his mind. And here's what he says to us. Listen to this, Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. In other words, right, we don't fight like, like the rest of the world fights. We don't use their same uh, uh, tactics, their same methods, their same practices. We don't fight with armor and swords. We don't fight with money and resources. We don't fight with politics and humanistic invention and, and idea and practice. Paul says, listen, on the contrary, our weapons, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Paul says in our fight, in this battle, it's against strongholds which war against our thoughts. You know what a stronghold is? Uh, 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 That word stronghold here, it comes from the the Greek word uh, akamora, and and it literally means a fortified prison. That's what a stronghold is. When you have a a stronghold in your mind, what you have is a thought that you are a prisoner to. Now, now a stronghold in your mind could be one of two things, okay? Uh, uh, One of those could be, a stronghold in your mind could be a worldview, a, a, a worldview like materialism or hedonism or, or humanism or relativism or communism or atheism. Any of the isms, right, that, that are strongholds that, that set themselves up in our mind against the knowledge of God. And say, no, no, that's not who God is. The, the other is one that, that we're all really familiar with and all of us deal with on some level. That, that the other kind of stronghold is a, is a personal thought and attitude. Worry can be a stronghold fear can be a stronghold anxiety resentment insecurity guilt approval whatever thought that we have that is not from god that is directing and shaping our lives can be a stronghold and what the enemy does then is he comes to you with a lie to imprison you by it and direct your life with it and so the enemy right we know how the enemy does he he comes and he says all kinds of things he he says things about god he's like god's not true god isn't real God doesn't really love you. He doesn't really listen to you. And, and certainly if you talk to him, he's not going to answer. God, God doesn't really care about you. He's not going to do anything. He's not going to be there for you. He, he's not going to take care of you. You can't trust him. Right? Or, or he'll just say things about you like, like, you know that you're not really worth anything. You know that you're not good enough. You know you're always just going to be like that. You you know that you can't really change. You know that this is just who you are. This is just how it is. Nobody's ever really going to love you. You'll never know and have real intimacy in your life. You can't ever trust anybody. You can't ever let them know the real you. You'll always be alone. You'll always be unwanted, you'll always be unloved, you'll always be unqualified, you'll always be unworthy, you'll always just be hurt and broken, and on and on and on it goes, right? This is what the devil does. All day, every day, he lies to you about who God is and who you are to keep you a prisoner and to keep you from walking in the freedom that God has for you in him. And so what do we do with that then, right? And here's what Paul says, right? He says, we demolish, okay? He says, we crush, we we, we vanquish, we we obliterate, we completely destroy strongholds, right? We completely destroy these arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, against anything that, that is a thought that doesn't come from God. We demolish it, we blow that thought up. And how do we do that? He says, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ, Paul says if you're going to win the battle in your mind, then you have got to take your thoughts captive. Why? Because if you don't, your thoughts will take you captive. Remember, your thoughts are shaping, they are directing your life. You can write this down. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. As you think, you become. If you think you can't, you probably won't. Right? But, but if you believe that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength, you, you probably will. If you believe that, that, that you're just a victim always suffering at the hands of others and, and outside circumstances, then you'll always be defeated. But if you believe that you can triumph through the power of Christ, you can overcome. If you're always looking at and dwelling at the problem, your problems will always be overwhelming you. But if instead you are looking for the solution and looking for how God is working, you will find the solution and you will see God working. Your thoughts are shaping your life. Things are not just the way that they are. They are the way that you are believing them to be. You got me on that? Things are not just the way that they are. We use that expression a lot, right? That's just the way it is, right? That's just the way it is. That's just how it is. That's just how it goes. That's whatever. Things are not just the way that they are. They are the way they are believed to be. So here's what I want to do today. I want to give you four principles or practices for for winning uh, the war in your mind um, from 2 Corinthians here. Um, And here's the first one. You can write this down. Number one. Uh, don't believe everything you think. Okay? Don't believe everything you think. W- we often tend to sort of just believe that if we think something, it must be true, right? Like When the reality is there's all kinds of thoughts and ideas that come into our minds, and they come from different places, the world, the media, the devil, our flesh, right from our own sinful desires, and the Bible tells us that that even many Christians will have minds that are deceived, meaning that that we will believe some things that look good, that sound good, but that they in and of themselves are not the truth. Jeremiah 17.9 says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? which is really just to say, you can't always trust what you think. We tell ourselves all the time this kind of stuff, right? Like like we tell our things, we tell ourselves like things aren't as bad as they are, but they really are. We we tell ourselves that things are better than they really are. We we say that we're okay when really we're not, right? Or, Or that something's not a big deal when really it is. Just because I think it doesn't mean that it's true. In First John 1 verse 8, it says that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. We can deceive ourselves with our own thinking. All of us have blind spots. We make snap judgments and miss details. We have our own biases. We jump to conclusions. And so don't always think that what you're thinking is true. And a lot of times our problem is we just never stop to think about what we're thinking about, right? And so without realizing it, we're seeing what we want to see rather than seeing what is actually true. And our minds are actually programmed to work like that. Did you know that that the optic nerve that, that's there in your eye is the only one that's connected to your brain, right? It goes directly to your brain. And that optic nerve actually sends more impulses from your brain forward to your eye than from your eye to your brain. Okay, which means primarily that your brain is telling your eyes what to see more than your eyes are telling your brain. Okay? Are you with me? This is why, like, when you show up to a scene of an accident and you ask four people what happened, they all say something different. Right? Like, or or of a situation that takes place. You get a different account because our mind is telling us what we're seeing. We often see what we want to see. Rather than what is true. So, so don't just believe everything you think. Okay, that's the first thing. Which leads us to the second thing. Here's, number, here's the second thing. Challenge your thoughts. If we're going to get at our thoughts, then we need to actually consider and think about what we're thinking about. Right? Our, our mind is a battlefield. You guys who grew up in the 80s thought love is the battlefield. Right? <laughs> like, thank you, Pat Benatar. And if you don't know who she is, you're young, okay? <laughs> Not love, Pat Benatar. Your mind is the battlefield, okay? That's where the war between God's truth and the enemy's deception takes place. And so, 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 so really what we need to do is we have to interrogate our thoughts, right? You, you got to Jack Bauer those things, right? Like, if, you, if you've ever seen 24, you know how to do an interrogation, Right? Jack Bauer doesn't mess around. Who are you? Where did you come from? Where are you going? What are you doing here, right? What are you after? Where are you taking us? What's your mission? What's your purpose, right? We we gotta we gotta sort this stuff out. Where are you taking me? Ask yourself this question: Is this thought that I'm having is this from God? Is this from the Lord or is this from somewhere else? Here's what I want to do. I want to. Just take a few minutes, and I want to kind of give you a little bit of a thought audit, okay? Uh, to do this, I'm going to give you three examples uh, of kinds of thoughts uh, in, in order just to sort of help you think uh, about what you think about, all right? And to consider your thoughts. And so um, I have a, a, little, um, a little scale. If you're, if you're taking notes, you can even write the scale down or whatever and think about it later. But, but the, first, the first thing I want you to think about, uh, talk about is worried thoughts versus peaceful thoughts. Okay, so on one side you have you have worried, uh, the other side you have peaceful. H- how many of you spend your thought life worried? You're worried about what people think. You're worried about about your kids, about the relationship you have or the one you wish you did, right? You're worried about health, you're worried about money and resources, you're worried about a job, you're worried about the future, right? You're worried about how long I'm going to preach today, whatever, right? Like... But 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 you spend your thought life worried, yeah? Is that you? Okay. Versus how much of your thought life is characterized by peacefulness? How, you're you're not worried. You you're not concerned. You're not anxious in your thoughts because you, you're you're just like, nah, it's gonna be all right. No, it's gonna work. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be good, right? You you. You're not up at night tossing and turning and not able to go to sleep because your mind is at peace. Do you have a worried or a peaceful mind? How about this one? A positive versus a negative mind. Are your thoughts generally negative like, like you're, you're usually in your thought life, you're really critical of other people, you're critical about yourself, you find fault really easy, uh, easily you're, you're discontent, everything's always bad, right? Like, everything is, is not enough, something's always going to be wrong, something is wrong, there's always a problem, and things always seem to be getting worse. Is that what happens in your mind? Or, or, or is your, do you have more of a positive thought life? You believe the best about other people. You believe the best about yourself. You think that, no, no, life is is generally good. Good things are happening. Good things are coming. God is good. God's with me. God's for me. God's working all things together for my good. Is your thought life more negative or positive? How about this last one? A worldly versus eternal mind. Would you say that your thought life is primarily concerned about This life, this time, what you have, what you're going to do, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, right? All the stuff that you want to accumulate, all the things that, that you feel like you need to have. Or are you more eternally minded? Are you thinking about the things that will matter for eternity? Are you thinking about the things that are a benefit to the kingdom of God? Are you thinking about how to bless other people and share Jesus with them? How you can use your life to bring glory to your God and King? Is your thought life more characterized by a worldly mindset or an eternal mindset? If you're going to win the battle in your mind, you're going to have to think about what you think about. Because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So so, so no matter what you do, and no matter what you have, or what you buy, or where you live, or what you know, you can't have a positive life when you have a negative mind. Let me ask you a question to consider. If you were honest, would you say that you are excited about, that, that, that you are joyful about where your thought life is taking you? If you're just really honest, where would you even say your thought life is taking you? Where is it leading? Where is it directing you? Right? Is it leading you towards, the, towards God and his purposes for your life? Or, or are your thoughts leading you somewhere else? Consider your thoughts. Challenge them. Consider where they're coming from. Considering who's saying them to you. Considering, consider where they are leading you. Here's the third principle. Identify your stronghold. Okay, so don't believe everything you think. Challenge your thoughts. Identify your stronghold. What is the lie? What is the deception? What is the enemy using to hold you hostage and keeping you from living the life that God has for you and him? Uh, maybe, maybe it's something that like you just hear in your self-talk. I'm, I'm never going to be good enough. My, my past is too bad. All that I've done, uh, for all the stuff that I've done, God, he, he could never use me. I can't trust anybody. I can't get close to anybody. After all that people have done to me, I just can't. I'm never going to have a job that pays the bills. I'm never going to have enough, right? I, I, I can tell you that for me in my life. I, I've seen where, where strongholds have happened in my mind. And, and one of the places that always came up for me when I, is when I was preparing to preach, when I preach, I can step into this space, man, I can be full of faith and confidence and, and passion, and, and I'm ready, I'm, I'm joyful, right? But sometimes, that, that few days leading up to that moment, it's like, man, my thoughts aren't there. I, that place I'd be like, man, I don't know if I could do this. I, I don't, I don't. I'm not sure that I can, right? I don't really have what it takes to, to bring this. I'm not good enough or smart enough or gifted enough or, or compelling enough. This message isn't going to be any good. Nobody's really going to get anything out of this. Nobody's coming back after this, right? Like all that kind of stuff, right? And it just would over and over and, and over. And so all just lies from the enemy. And my mind would just race and race and race. And I was like, this is kind of messed up, Right? I, I was find myself I'm listening to all these voices except for God's. And, and so I needed to pray and I just needed to let God I just to say, God, I need you to speak to me. Right? I, I, I need to hear you. And, and I'm still not perfect here by any stretch, okay? So I'm preaching, I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching with you. Okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm not I'm not telling you like, hey, I've mastered everything, and so here, let me give it to you. I'm saying, no, I'm in this too. But but God's renewing my mind right god is changing me from 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 those lies that the enemy tries to speak over me in those moments to the truth about what god says about who i am in him so i can be what he's made me to be and do what he's made me to do how about you what is a lie or a stronghold that has been holding you See what happens and why this is so important is that 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 whenever you have a thought that there's a a neurochemical change that that happens in your body, your brain is literally redesigning itself around your thought so so if you have a positive thought right your 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 body it actually rewards you your mind rewards you with it with a legal drug right dopamine okay get it dope i mean okay uh, yep, that was good okay so but 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 you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Like dopamine gives you this kind of buzz and all of us have experienced this before. Like you get some really really good news. You got the job, right? That that person that that person that you really liked, you find out likes you back, right? Dopamine, right? <laughs> right? You go, guess what? You're going to get the raise, you're going to get the promotion, you got the house, whatever. Boom, dopamine. You're like, whew, yeah." Right? My my wife sends me a text message like, babe, I'm thinking about you. Come back home. Dopamine, right? Like, right? Yeah. Dopamine, it's that little chemical hit, right, that high, and your brain says, man, I like that. Let's do that again. And what happens then is the more that you think a thought, the more you create what scientists call neuropathways in your brain. So your mind creates a path, kind of like if you were to go outside in your yard and you just walk through your grass in the same spot over and over and over again. Eventually you ain't got to mow there anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like what you have is a path in your backyard from where you tread all the time. That's how the mind works, okay? Your mind creates a path. And, and, and as you travel down with that thought over and over and over again, what you do is you develop a path for your thinking, okay? And, and, and if you think that thought enough, right? It, the, the thought just becomes a default thought for you. It's just where you go. So, so if you always tell yourself that you never have enough, and that's something you say over and over and over again, you create a pathway in your mind where it is just easier for you to always believe that you will never have enough rather than believe that God is your source and a provider. You've created a negative neural pathway. So in order to change your thinking, you have to Change the thoughts that change the path, right? That your thoughts are traveling upon. You, you have to grab that thought and you have to say, Wait, wait a minute. Wait, what, what is this? What is this thought? Where's where this coming from? No, no, no. This, this isn't from God. No, no, this isn't helpful. This isn't productive, right? I, I'm not going to go with that thought. I, I'm going to choose this other thought. And as you do that, as you take that other thought, you start to begin to create and develop a new pathway. And over time, the grass starts to grow back on the old pathway. And that old pathway becomes less appealing and desirable. And you default then to this new path. Remember that to change your mind is to change your life. And this is what Romans 12, 2 is saying to us when it says, listen, do not conform to the patterns of this world. You You could say, like, don't conform to the, don't get on the pathway of the world. Okay, don't set your life on the world's pathway. Instead, right, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, take God's path instead. D- don't get on the world's pathway. Take God's pathway instead. Let, let, let God's truth, let, let that reorient your mind. Let your life be lived in response to who he is and what he says about his thoughts about who he is, his thoughts about who you are, his thoughts about other people and everything else. But 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 to do that, right, in order for us to do that, you have to first you gotta identify what that stronghold is. You you gotta identify the lie, you you gotta name that thing. Listen, you can never defeat what you cannot define. Okay? You, You cannot defeat what you can't define. You can't defeat what you don't know, right? Paul talks about a different place like where he says listen we don't we're not like running aimlessly we're not like people beating the air it's like the, this idea of a boxer who's just punching at nothing that like you can't beat what you don't know so what is it what's the lie about God that you be- believe in what's the lie about yourself about who you are and who you're not about what you can or can't do about that just that thing that keeps causing worry or shame or, or bitterness or resentment or hopelessness or guilt or whatever it is what what is that stronghold that's just taken up your thought life that just owns your thought life what's the lie identify the stronghold here's the last one number 4 fight back with truth fight back with truth the the, the stronghold is a lie okay and and the weapon then that's needed to demolish the lie is the truth that's the pathway that we we want to be walking on listen let me tell you a story one of the things that i love about my kids and and i love about raising kids and, and and watching them grow is how they just believe everything you say to them anybody else I could tell my kids when they're a certain age just about anything, and it's fact, right? I, I think I had Mason believe there was like a dinosaur that lived under our stairs for like a year, okay? Like... You you can tell your kids anything, right? So so like my twins, they're 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 three and a half, turning four. Um and, and I love playing hide and seek with them because they're still at that age where it's awesome, right? So so like I could I could be in the closet right here and they're right here and they're like dad where are you? I'll be like, I'm in the basement, and they run to the basement, because of course I'm in the basement, right? <laughs> like and I do that all the time. They're like, Oh, you're in the basement? Yeah, I'm in the basement. But they're like run downstairs. I'm right there. You know what I'm saying? Like but but they don't care, Dad said he was in the basement, he must be in the basement right and, and, and so I've even had it uh before where 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 I had them they were like hiding in the closet, right, and I was messing with them, and I told them that I locked the door and that they can't get out. They didn't even try to open the door, right they just sat in there and and they're they just sat in there, and they're they're all upset, right, and I'm just out there laughing right I, I'm just like this is a, I know I need help but but like. But it was hilarious. There's like, Dad, let us out. They never, I never even locked the door. Never touched the button at all. I'm just like, Oh, you guys are stuck in there. You're locked in. Right? Here's the point, though, okay? The point is this that some of us, right, are being held captive in a prison, and the only lock on the door is a lie. And the remedy, For the lie that is holding you prisoner is simply the truth that according to Jesus sets you free. Look again at our text, 2 Corinthians 10. It says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, listen to this, we have weapons that have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. What do we do? We take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. What I love about this is that, that word that Okay, for a captive, it literally means to arrest or to seize by sword or spear. Okay, so 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 you are you are taking this, and and I have this thing at the end of a sword, okay? So like like he ain't going nowhere under fear of death, kind of a thing, right? Now now follow me here. Because this is the apostle Paul who's writing. And this is the same Apostle Paul who wrote Ephesians chapter 6, where he tells us about the armor of God, right? All the, all the stuff that God has given to us to do battle against our enemy. And in Ephesians chapter 6, he names for us all the different pieces of our armor. And all of the pieces of our armor are used for defense. They're all used for protection, except for one piece, and that is the sword. And what does he say about the sword? He says that this is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We take captive the lies set against us with the sword of God's Word. We choose what He says. We choose what He says over what we think. We declare it. We hold onto it. We walk in it. And as we do, we demolish strongholds. I don't know if you remember the story of Joshua, but Joshua is comes to this moment he's he's sort of standing on the edge of the promised land Um, his leader moses has just died and he's got three million israelites all looking to him for leadership and guidance and what are we gonna do now joshua and god comes to him in joshua 1 7 and he and he says to him he's like look joshua be strong and be courageous okay this is your call Be strong and be courageous. Walk in that. And the question is, how? How do I do that? I I mean, like, how am I supposed to stand in this, in the face of opposition, in the face of whatever? How am I supposed to be strong and courageous? How am I supposed to proceed, right? Here's what God says to him in the next verse, Joshua 1, verse 8. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do According to all that is written in it. For then you will make your ways prosperous. And then you will have good success. God says, if you want to walk my path for your life, then, then capture my thoughts. Right? Meditate on my word. Stay there. Don't just think about it once a week. Some of us, we, we, like the only time we get God's word is like when we show up for church. And he's like, no wonder you're getting your butt kicked spiritually. Right? Well, how, how did you think you were going to win that war? And he's like, no, no, no. God, this is God talking to Joshua. Right? And he's like, look, if you're going to walk in this thing, then, then you got to have this word. You need to meditate on this. What does he say? Day and night. Right? Day and night. All the time. Let this word be washing over you. Listen, church, we have got to know this word. We've got to know this word because there is freedom for us by it. This is one of the reasons when we started this, this series, I gave you that little uh, reading. You can pick these up on your way out if you don't have one. It's not because I'm trying to go like, hey, you could, if you're a good Christian, if you read the Bible uh, every day, this isn't like a dutiful religious kind of thing. This is like, hey, if, if you're somebody who maybe has a hard time opening up God's word every day and letting it renew and transform your life, here's a good way to go. And and to get you chewing on the word of God and and learning and memorizing and, and holding on to some promises of God that are for your life so that you can win the war of your mind and walk in the freedom of God. Truth is never something invented okay? Truth isn't something we invent. Truth is something that's discovered. It it, it is, okay? And that's why God gives his word to us, so that we can know the truth. By his word, that's how we capture the lies, and we can, okay? We, We could say, I'm not going down this old false pathway. It's not true. It doesn't lead me to God. It doesn't lead me into his destination for my life. I'm choosing this path, his path, His truth instead. And the more that I do that, the more that I walk in that, the more that his word directs me, right? The more that his word is renewing my mind and and, and changing me, the more then that I am able to walk by faith and not by sight and walk into the freedom that God has for my life and the destiny that he has upon my life. In him, scripture says, is everything that you need. It's in him. Listen to this. Listen to what God says in Second Peter 1 verse 3. It says, his, talking about God, his divine power has given us everything we need. How much of what we need? Everything. His divine power has given us everything we need for life, a godly life. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Now, now, now take that and personalize that for a minute, right? His divine power has given to me everything that I need for a godly life. His divine power has given to me, has given to you everything that you need for a godly life. In other words, you have what you need. You have everything you you need because you have him and you have his word and you have his promise. And you have his spirit living within you, empowering you and reminding you of his truth. The world then, and the flesh and the devil, they, they might try to say some things to you. In fact, you know that they will. And so when they show up and they say, listen, you're not enough, you're not, you're not strong enough, you go, no, 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 no. Um, I can do all things through Christ, right? When 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 they say, "Listen, you're just ugly and worthless and useless," right? You say, "No, no, uh, no. Let me let me stop you right there. My, my God says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made." Yeah. When when you just hear that, like, yeah, like you're never gonna have enough. You're always gonna be lacking. You whatever, right? Like like, yeah, uh, you're always gonna be weak. I say, I might be weak, but my God's strong in me, right? Or you hear that where it's like, listen, there's no point. It's just hopeless. Give up. You say, no, no, the joy of the Lord will be my strength. Or that thought that rises up that says, you're always going to be alone. You're always going to be unwanted. And you say back, no, my God said that. He'll never leave me and he'll never forsake me, so I'll never be alone. Or maybe they say, that thought rises up and says, I'm just a victim. I, I can't overcome. There's always too much against me. I'm just worried and afraid all the time. You say, no, no, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Right? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be? afraid there is no weapon that is formed against me god says that will ever prosper and i can overcome and i do overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony so no no no, i'm not who the enemy the world or even my own flesh says that i am i am who god says i am and he is who he says he is yeah we church we demolish arguments And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Identify the lie. Fight it with truth. Because God's word says that you can. Okay? You ever notice that God's word doesn't ever tell you to do something you can't do? Okay? If God said it, then you can Sometimes we we find ourselves in these places. Again, so so even if I'm saying that and you go, yeah, I really can't do that, you're already agreeing with the lie. So so, so when we hear something in God's word and our initial response is like, yeah, but I can't really do that, that's the lie. The the truth is, is you can because he said so. So we take captive every thought by the truth of God's word. And when we do that, When when, when we find ourselves in a place, when when, when we're letting go of the things we think, and we're saying, listen, not everything I think is true, and I'm challenging my own thoughts, and I'm identifying that stronghold, and I'm allowing the truth of God then to reign over my thoughts. When I walk in that, I can win the war in my mind. I'm going to have Beth and the team come back up, and I'm just going to close this. Why don't you guys stand up with me if you can? We're going to. Listen, here, here's what I want you to grab hold of this morning. There is a battle for your mind, and, and, and it's not going to stop, okay? So it's not like the devil's going to quit tomorrow, all right? Or because you arrested a thought today, that that means you're done now, right? This is what the enemy does, okay? There's a battle for your mind, but it's a battle that can be won. And what the enemy wants to do is he wants to direct your thoughts so that he can direct your life. And for some of you this morning, that's how it's been for you. If you were really honest today, you would say, man, I've, there, this thought, this idea, this whatever about god about me that this is something that has been directing and shaping my whole life and and what i want to say to you this morning is that that today is the day for you not now is the time for you to allow the truth of god to cover that lie and to walk in a freedom that you have not had before that, 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 that lie does not get to direct your life and shape your life. It doesn't have to stay there. It can stay there because you choose it. But you can choose God's truth and to walk in his way. And so I want to just pray and I, I want to just invite the, the Holy Spirit just to minister and just to, just to speak. And, and maybe just to highlight anything that's in our life. And if there's something that you know you've been holding on to. If there's, some, if there's a lie that you've just been believing. If there's a stronghold that you would say, I just know has just held me prisoner, I want to just encourage you. Again, God loves to hear from you as much as he loves to hear from me. And our God not only hears us, but he answers. Would you just give that to the Lord this morning? Would you just say, God, I have been believing, holding on to, living from this place, this lie about you, about me. And God, I'm surrendering that lie. And God, I'm receiving your truth this morning. Let's pray. Father, thanks for this morning. Thanks for this time. Thank you for your word. God, thank you that your word is true and thank you that your word is is alive. God, I just pray for every single person here in this room and I ask, Lord, that by your spirit and by your grace, God, that you would reveal in us and to us any place, Lord, where, where there is just a stronghold in our thought life a lie that we have been believing that, is, that has just been shaping and determining and directing our lives. God, the thought that, that has just been plaguing us, Lord, that is not from you. Just like David prayed in Psalm 139, search me and know me, test my anxious thoughts. God, would you just expose in us any place, any thought, God, That isn't rooted in you. Any lie that we have believed. Would you just ask him even, and if you know what it is, invite the Lord to say, God, search me and know me. And if there's something there, if there's something that you know, would you just give that to the Lord and say, God, I just, I I lay this lie at your feet. God, I want, I receive your truth. Just name that truth, whatever it is. If you know what that lie is that, that, that just, what I was talking about earlier. God, you're good. I can trust you. You're true. You're faithful. You'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. God, you said that you love me. You say that you're for me. God, you said that you're working all things together for my good, even as I'm standing in the midst of this circumstance and this situation and it looks like a mess, but God, I trust you. God, you're working it for my good, even now. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Is that, what's that truth for you this morning to just allow the spirit of God just to minister to, for you to meditate upon for you to hold on to for you to declare in your heart in your mind and from your lips today oh God I'm trusting you no, I believe you I believe what you say Father I pray that you would make us a people hungry for your word God, that, that, that we, uh, Lord, would be a disciplined people. God, that there would be a hunger in us, but but Lord, that there would be a discipline that, that we grab hold of it. And that we just say, no, I'm going to know you, God. I'm going to know your, your word. I'm going to know your truth, God. I'm going to let it wash over me. I'm going to let it renew my mind. I'm going to meditate upon it day and night. God, I pray that your truth, Lord, would not only wash over every single heart and mind in this room, but God, that we would know what it is to walk in your freedom. God, thanks for our time. Thank you for truth. God, I pray that even as we go today, that, Lord, your word would continue to reverberate in our hearts and minds. God, that you would continue to speak over us and to us, and God, that we would have ears to hear you. God, that we can receive your truth for our lives. Have your way in us.
0: Jesus' name.